love a sponsor from Strap Sales. Oh, that imagine that. Oh, so, Anytime, so man. Even when you're not ill, you just got to live with a tickle. You just oh. Or soothers. Soothers, man. So, oh. Mate, a Jakeman's cough suite. Oh, on, no. Oh, Underrated. It seems to be every podcast episode, you get more and more laid back, reclined, and like mind, really, really money, chilling. I'm my money on my mind. Yeah. And obviously the one that we made up on the weekend, which we can't really say because it's a bit too explicit, but how come you're chilling so much? Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I don't know, Marv. I, I think it's the weather. It's a combination of of cold, chilled mornings that sometimes are slightly overcast. And then you get to the afternoon and it breaks up a little bit. Like you've used clear sky shout in Skyrim. Um, yeah. Gamers and nerds who listen to us will understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, you're a normal person. Don't worry about it. You're, you're better than I am. But, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I recline these days. You've got to look after yourself as you get older. I mean, you of all people know that. Really um, got to take care of yourself. You were yeah. rocking too much. You could have said you were too much rocking too much. I know. Oh, no, no, no. no. There's there's the opportunity never rather, too much rocking. Never too much. Rather these excuses. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So everyone, you know, is listening instead of seeing. We obviously have a third person in this room. If you've not Do guessed from, from the dulcet tones, Merrick can't see because he's too laid back. We have <laughs> Bassman Extraordinaire, all right? Depp Extraordinaire. You throw him yes. in a song, he's got it down in a, in a pat, all right? You know, he films, he does wood box productions. He does many, many things. He's got a glorious beard. He has a picture of John Frusciante on the back of his door. He has. Side of he his is door. One, he is one half of Sweet Chili Mayo. That is true. Oh, an excellent acoustic duo. They can play any song you bloody want. It is Dan Canvin. Hello. Hello. I'm going to look at you. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for inviting me to your Coldplay sesh. He knows it. Pleasure's all ours. He knows it. You know, that's the way. Look at you sipping at the same time. Um, (laughs) In sync. We've done this too long, you see. You have done this too long. Yeah. Hello. Hi guys, how are you both awesome. doing? We're doing all right. I think we established we've, we're all we're at different points of a cold right now. I feel like Dan's suffering a lot. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of like got past it, but I'm bunged up. Merritt's, you know, he's feeling the weight of it a little bit, but you know, he gets he gets past it. He's chilling right now. Of course you do. Of course you do. It's a it's a cold, Marv. What am I gonna do? Lie down and cry all it's day. It's actually I mean. man flu, mate. Come on, we need to. You're doing <laughs> half of it already, Mez. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel okay. It could be worse, you know? It, it could be worse. Well, why were you crying on the phone to me earlier then? Oh, I feel really bad. Shut oh, up. No, I shut up. I don't know if I can talk about Coldplay. <laughs> shut up, man. Stop him. Stop him in. Uh, no secrets. None of that. There's no secrets. None of, none of that. None of that rubbish. Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Dan. I've been... Uh, what have I been doing? I've been playing a fair bit of Skyrim. been playing so much acoustic guitar. But my left hand is ruined. The skin is peeling off. Um, nice. And I've, I was playing with my cat the other day and he clawed me like right in this top fraction of my finger. So every time I hold a pick and bend this finger, it hurts. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that experience quite a lot. Um, I recommend it to anyone who owns a cat and plays guitar. Um, it's, it's quite entertaining actually it's, it's quite a, a good thing to sort of test and see how your how, how your stamina is you know what I mean but what about yourself Dan what's been on with you my man ah been a busy boy also 
feel bad. Got my cold in. I'm in that. Yesterday, I'm like worst day of a cold. Today, I'm a bit better. And hopefully it will just pass. Um, nice. I've actually talked about acoustic guitar. I've uh, One bit of bad news is I've actually completely cracked the top of my acoustic and now I can't play it. So that's oh, not wow. I'll see if I can show you, actually. He's going to hit it too hard. So oh, you can't really see it. Like this line here. Yeah. You can oh, vaguely, it. I can, yeah. You can kind of hear it. So every <coughs> time I do a beat now, it cracks. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So that is effectively now useless. Um, oh, man. Yeah, man. All right. We need to write fans of the 50 ways. You need to, you know, let's get a go from me, Gomez. Me, All right. Let's get yep. this. Let's get this guitar up and running. I'm running. Because yep. Dan is the, uh, I'd say the the holder of the beat, the rhythm guitar player, Sweet Chili Mayo. Right. Dom, rhythm. you know. He does all the lead stuff. He's all flashy, but Dan's there, right? I've watched him. I've watched his fingers bleed, right? All the way from One song set. into a set, yeah. <laughs> and it was insane. That was like, what, like, what is going on? That was <laughs> honestly, the, the that was the worst time that's happened. I Recently, I've actually put plasters across because it, it hurts about here. I put plasters across and it's fine. Sometimes the plaster gets caught, but I have to put like three or four plasters to make sure it doesn't. But um. But yeah, unfortunately, Marv, you watch me bleed out within one song, and that is bad. At a wedding. <laughs> At a wedding. At a, wedding. Well. a bit of Game of Thrones, bit of Red Wedding vibes, isn't it? So love that. Love um, that. Dan, I got a, I got a little, a little nugget of advice. Some people would call it. Um, there you go. Mezzis guitar advice. So if you got, do you have, does it have to be exclusive to people with cats and acoustic guitars, or is this? No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Although it might work in this scenario. Don't say glue. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, have you tried glue? Yeah, have I tried glue? Honestly, I've had so many people ask me that, but I mean, I haven't actually tried it. But also, plasters are fine, and my Plasters whole do the job. Basically, my entire finger from there onwards gets absolutely ruined. So, well, why don't I, you it'd be a lot of glue? Just glue and just yeah, just I mean, that... dip it in and, and you're fine. <laughs> the only reason why I say is because when I was in my classic rock cover band. Uh, the rhythm guitarist and vocalist Alan would regularly cut himself and he'd just dab a little bit. And Stevie Ray Vaughan, that man, insane, insane bloke. Um, he would regularly, because he played with like 13s in E flat. Mad. Um, he he would regularly like cut all of his all of his left hand open. Oh. So he just put super glue in the tips and just carry on. Mental. Mental by respect. Grim. Same respect. with Flea, right? With all the uh popping think, and slapping, yeah. put a super yeah. crazy glue in his thumb. He put so, a little picture up the other day and it was savage. Oh yeah, it was just, yeah, it was like it was weirdly like here, wasn't it? Instead of on oh. the tips, it was like just below. He's yeah, I mean they must be rehearsing and getting ready for that tour, and it it'll get it'll get somewhere someday. They'll be he's, yeah, yeah, they'll be all right. He's all right. Them, he's all them right. chili lads, I reckon they'll go far, you know. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. Well, this could be a whole Chili Peppers podcast with Dan and me here. Like we could go on forever. And hopefully could. in the future, we'll do some uh, little like, I don't know, Patreon only videos and stuff like that for this. Cool. You know what? I'm going to start off with a celebration, Mez. And Dan's going to be on a celebration. This is the official one year anniversary of this podcast, Mez. Yay. Little clap. Thank you to us. Well done us. All of us. Our hard work. Hang on, I need to sit this before I show it. He's going to sip it. Dan's going to sip it. Oh, the, the boys. The OG 50 Ways mug. Look at that. Nice. That nice is a special mug. You will never, ever buy that again. Yep. 
Don't need to. Last forever. Never, right? No, they're all different now. They're all different. You'll never buy that mug again. That is very you, true. Eh? Even when that breaks, I will keep that. And it will Gen be, one. Gen it will one. Be OG. I like OG. That. I like that. It, it was still all my picks and it was still all my musical stuff. So multi-purpose. That's what I want to hear. I might put I have to put that on the Etsy. Multi-purpose mug. Eh? Decoration, <laughs> you know. There you go. Sorted. I like Genius. I like Genius. Well, who'd have thought that uh, our first episode running nearly two hours and having no structure will blossom into what, 25, 26 episodes, you know, that still run two hours, you know, and kind of still has structure, but you know, you kind of know what we're doing. But I don't know. In all seriousness, it has been amazing to get this like from out of my head into an actual kind of product and it seems to work well. And it's been nice to connect with like old friends that I haven't seen in ages and then new friends and just have this nice little network. And it's definitely changed my view on a lot of music that I would just go, I don't like that because I don't like it and going, well, I don't think about, I don't think like that in other areas of my life and I value music a lot. So why am I doing this? You know, this episode being a very important one, I think as well, when we're talking about a certain band or an artist, um, I'd also like to thank the people that listen to this in, here we go, Mess. I've got to get ready for this, the UK, Ireland, the US, Australia, Canada, India, Russia, Germany, Gabon, Poland, New Zealand, Iceland, Indonesia, Ooh. Bulgaria, Spain, Dominican Republic, Czech Republic, Belgium, United Arab Emirates, and Sweden. Now, that is a lot of people that listen to us all around the world, Mez, and that really That's humbled insane. me when I heard that. So, Mez, what are your thoughts on the past year of doing this podcast? Um, <clears throat> in all honesty, uh, I would have spent this time doing something non-productive, like uh, drinking. Skyrim. Uh, Skyrim. Lots of Skyrim. Uh, I've recently acquired a, uh, a classic Sega Mega Drive sort of updated version, which is really cool, from a particular, nice. particular podcaster. Um, oh, yeah. um I've, I've been spending a lot of time on Sonic, but you know, stuff like that. So it's nice to think that our rubbish just blah 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 has 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 reached so many people and it has um gained us uh I don't know, it's a platform, isn't it? Really? It's a platform to put yourself upon. Yeah. Um it's kind of nice, but I don't feel any sort of like look at me about it because all I've done, all we've done here, and we've discussed this. All we've done is do what we do when we ring each other up. Yeah, we've just recorded it. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but, it's um, it's amazing because I was going to say just like when when it was announced that you guys were going to do a podcast, it was like there there couldn't be two other people I know who who are more perfect for it. I mean, like the way you guys chat to each other the way you communicate um obviously to to the listeners uh, i've played with these guys so many times and we've had little tours and done little things and and you know and it's it, being around you guys is always so fun and always so it, your your insights are amazing but also the, the way you rip into each other is just gold oh, so it's natural it's natural I've, I've been enjoying being an audience member for that in many a van journey. And, and now it makes absolute sense that you're doing this. So you're smashing it. And that was unpaid, right? That was unsponsored. Yeah. That was from Didn't the heart. All right, everyone did not have to pay him a single penny to say that. 
And no, I've been no, playing not with you a for single penny. Not a single penny apart from the mug, which he bought from the Etsy store, ways. So he bought that with his own hard cash. I've been playing with you for six years, Dan. Do you know that? October 2016. That was the cruise we went on. That was the cruise, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's been, this is our sixth year of us playing music together. That's pretty cool. That's really cute. That's insane. That's insane. That Weird to think cute. about. Um, but yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. It's really nice to just sort of sit in my spare room, just chilling, just talking about stuff that I talk about anyway, and in, invite some of the loveliest people on to uh, have conversations with. Um, so yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Dan, for being here. Thanks, do I thank Marv? No, I won't thank Don't Marv. Need to. And, that, and that's the podcast. See you later. So that's the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. So. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, Marv, Dan, whoever wants to go first, what we discussed today, lads. Well, I mean, seeing as Dan, I would say, is the expert, because usually our oh, guests, our guests are the expert at the thing we talk about. Absolutely. Um, okay. This is, I think, episode four of our Because It series. And um, Dan, what band are we going to be talking about today? We are talking about Coldplay. Coldplay, the most cold, the most divisive band, probably in the UK, maybe even worldwide, of people that yeah. hate Coldplay or love Enormously. Coldplay. I yeah. do not know anybody who just goes, "They're all right." It always seems to be, "I hate them" or "I love them." In that, it's right kind way. of similar to you know, you've done a few artists like Limp Bizkit and stuff before that are very similar in terms of the way people think of them. Yeah, know? indeed, indeed. Like. Well, Nickelback, Justin Bieber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's why, because Marv tends to, sorry, I'm just getting comfortable. Marv (laughs) tends to um, sort of write. James is now, uh, James is now lent up for everyone who's not. I'm now sat up because it's reclining to lent up. It's good to recline, but also I I feel I'm more sort of animated and productive. And I'm wearing a fleet. (laughs) Here he is. 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 Getting up, shaking. Like a kiwi at the moment. It's nice. Quite, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, it's um, Marv sort of sets the schedule, and I sort of go, "Oh, that's who I'm listening to for the next week." Then, um, which is kind of nice, to be honest, because I, um, you know, I'm I'm a very much creature of habit. If I if I hadn't joined a function band, if I hadn't been in various bands, I'd probably still just be listening to Iron Maiden, Pantera, and Black Sabbath, which. In honesty, uh, recently, for example, I've been getting into Jim Croce. If anyone's aware of Jim Croce, he's a he's an American him. folk artist. He's very much called country. I mean, he's got country elements, but then he's got blues elements, and country's got blues elements. So, what do you want? Anyway, yeah. So, um, it's really nice to have that. So, this week or the last week, two weeks, however long it's been. It's been an interesting experience for old Mez because Mez isn't the sort of guy that, how do I put this across? I don't really listen to much pop unless I have to listen to it for work, function band stuff or uh, some 80s pop I love. Donna, amazing. Whitney, give me some more. But sort of noughties onwards, unless I remember it coming out or I've already got some sort of affiliation with the track. I don't tend to delve, uh, which is a nightmare. I should. I'm a musician. You should listen to everything. But been interesting these last couple of weeks. And the, the point you brought up, Marv, about being whether people love it or hate it is absolutely 
uh, 100% fact. There is no in-between, it seems, at all. So it's been cool to get to know it, to be honest. It's been interesting, and there have been highs and lows, but no in-betweens. I think I I think I agree with that statement. I think I agree considerably. I think I think this band, you know, there obviously are a lot of other bands we're going to cover, and I think the first three or four that we've done definitely hit the mark of love or hate. But this is what we're going to get into. Usually, it's you know, (coughs) are we a fan now? Are we a fan at the end? You know, our history behind it, what we think works well, what don't work well. The football fan perspective, which I love doing, but we're going to start from the start. So, obviously, from Wikipedia, the, the god of all source, Coldplay are a British rock band formed in London in 1996. Now, the lineup is Chris Martin. He's the vocalist. He's the pianist and the guitar player, acoustic guitar mainly. Uh, you got guitarist Johnny Buckland, bassist Guy Berryman, and drummer Will Champion. And there is a guy who's called Phil Harvey, who's like they call him the fifth member, I guess, like George Martin with the Beatles, but. He's like the creative um, director. Creative director, yeah. Yeah. Um, If I remember rightly, I've heard a story about him being, he was basically their friend who was at uh, uni together, I think, I believe with him. Yeah, they all uh, all met at uni, yeah. And he he just ended up being their manager and had no idea what to do. And now he ended up managing them until they were headlining Glastonbury. It was probably like, what am I doing? But he... But, you know, fair enough. It's, it's pretty cool how they had someone, you know, that close to them be their manager. And for that, you know, f- especially for, and well, obviously was only the manager for a brief period in the yeah. late 90s. But then create, still having that impact on them is, is amazing since he's not actually part of the band. You know, yeah, indeed. quite a big part. Yeah, to be you know. tagged onto that and knowing how successful they got, which, I mean... You can never predict it, but basically from the start, they started making music. They've just been on the rise. They've never yep, really yeah. been like a, what I call a small band. Um, we have, how many albums have we got? Mez, I'm going to count it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got nine studio albums as of 2021. Parachutes, 2000. Rush of Blood to the Head, 2002. X and Y, 2005. Viva La Vida, 2008. Milo Zilotto, 2011. Ghost Story, 2014. Head Full of Dreams 2015, Everyday Life 2019, Music of the Swiss 2021. We're going to get through all these little bits and then we're going to get into it properly, all right? So I would like I would like to make a point though. You I'm sure shoot, our listeners if they if they're listening to us already on Spotify, I'm pretty sure they can go and see what uh, all the albums of Coldplay are called. Mate, you don't have to you don't have to nah, read don't them, you don't want people to divert. You want to you want them to be right here, right? In the channel. Fair listen, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening Give to us me ramble. Money. Give us your money. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, obviously, give us give your money. money. We've yeah. never been shy about it. Yeah. Just send me everything in your account. And I, I like that. No, there's not even like on those junk emails where it's like, you know, I'm stranded on a desert island and the only way to get it is a lifeboat <laughs> made of wood and plastic. You need to send me this through this paper. You're just like, you're straight in. <laughs> just clear your account. Just send it to me. Clear your account. Give me the money. Like These boys need some strapsels, so <laughs> give them a dollar. Strapsels, if you are listening, I'd love a sponsorship right now. That'd be great. Anyways, their Please. first eight albums have sold a combined total of 100 million copies, making them the most successful band of the 21st century, one of the best-selling artists of all time. They're also the act with the most number one albums in the UK without ever missing the top, achieving 10 million selling singles in the country. So what I'm trying to say is 
They are a big deal. They've always been a big deal and they've consistently been a big deal and it doesn't seem to be changing. And I don't think it's ever going to change until apparently they're going to stop making music in 2025, but we'll still do little things, which I'm going to assume is kind of unheard of. I think you could say, you know, with the Beatles stopping touring, but still releasing albums is kind of the prototype of that. Then you've got the Beach Boys who had like Brian Wilson being like, I'll make the music, you go out and play it. And then he was kind of sporadic. But I can think of another band, you know, definitely from 2000s onwards, who have ever gone, you know what, we're going to stop making new music. We'll still carry on. You know what I mean? It's quite interesting because they're, because they're maybe from a different time, they may have, t- may have taken that, as you said about the Beatles, they may have taken their influence from that sort of era and band stopping and, you know, and, and I guess they've, as as you've discussed the, the numbers they've had, you know, it's like it surely has got to a point where they're like, we can kind of chill a bit. I, I think I think also judging by um, if you like, what say for instance you watch Glastonbury highlights, Chris Martin appears in every other set that someone's playing. So like, <laughs> he wants to do his own thing. You can tell that he's like, you can tell that they're having a great time together as a unit. But you know that once they stop making music, Chris Martin will appear everywhere still. And that's just yeah. going to happen. So I think it's just, and you know, the size of their tours and like, if you've, if you've ever seen their tour setups and that it's, it, it is amazing, but Oh my God, the amount of work they must put in is, is, you know, where, where they've got to, they deserve it for the amount of work they put in. You know? Yeah. And especially with, uh, I think a lot, I know the drummers like this, but I think a lot of the other band are like, you know, Chris Martin kind of takes all the media flack. He is, you know, the cold play for everybody for for the rest of the band just to lead normal lives like cooking and hanging out with family so yeah for for chris martin to put all his life into that in the spotlight of course he's going to kind of probably want to do you know things on his own um you've been to a coldplay show right dan i have been to i've seen them twice twice now how where what era like what year and how was it describe it uh so first time i saw them uh, was my first full weekend at Glastonbury, 2011. Nice, nice. Um, so we're looking at Milo, Zilotto kind of years. Yeah, so that was the first time they ever played Every Teardrop, the single. Um, yeah, that was, it was amazing. I remember um, before them was Elbow and not, I mean, obviously Elbow well known, but they didn't have as many people there. So I managed to kind of sneak into like, 10 rows from the front for Coldplay and obviously it was just incredible and the mm-hmm. light show and you know there's a lot of energy from their shows and and but I well I did see them a bit later I saw them on their own tour I saw them on the actual Milo Xoto tour I saw them at the Emirates in you know, London nice. and the difference in like production from headlining a festival to their own tour is you know second to none like the light show for for them and the in general I I, I mean Chris Martin as a as a live singer yeah sometimes has his moments where he's not fantastic i mean it can be a bit pitchy um but i mean you can tell that they kind of try and sort of slip that away and just put it into their energy and put it into the actual show itself and Mm. and the uh when i saw them in at the emirates it was the the ones with the wristbands have you seen that i remember i remember that being a feature yeah yeah, so I think it was um, I think it was someone from Bristol who made this, but um, basically um, they made like hundreds of thousands of these wristbands, these coloured wristbands, um, and then they had someone with a controller 
and they basically program them to work with certain songs. So like, for instance, Yellow, when they play Yellow, they I remember it kicking in, so they like kind of just like a one, two, ga, get it. And as soon as that comes in, everyone's went yellow. Wow. So the whole cool. arena went yellow and like lasers and crazy. I, I, That's honestly, really cool. I genuinely think that was one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. And like, I, I you know, I've been brought in as the Coldplay expert. They're, they've been <laughs> one of my like sort of favorite bands, but I'm into loads more different music. But mm. that was impressive. And I don't think I've found anything maybe as, you know, as involved as that, you know. Um, yeah. I've actually got a funny story about the wristbands. So um, they actually work on a certain frequency, right? And um, my my parents, they have like this like glass case where they used to just put all their little memorabilia and stuff. And they were, well, this is when Col- it was like a couple, it was like a week after and they're still touring. They were still touring on the UK at this point. And the light started going in their cupboard, like at home. <laughs> so it, it's like this certain frequency. I don't know, it, it might have traveled. I mean, it's got to be a powerful signal, but it's just like, whoa, you know, so it's really cool. Um, that, that's yeah. mad. That's like... Um... That's like when, you know, your parents are at home and then like a car goes past us down and you're like, oh, Steve's back from work again. It'd be like, oh, Coldplay are doing yellow again. Oh, I knew it always at <laughs> past seven. They'd always do that. I don't know what song is it this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's really cool. That's really, I, that's really I really cool. recommend anyone actually listen to or, or watch anything from the uh, Milo tour. If you, I would highly recommend go on YouTube and watching it because it's just a spectacle in itself. Yeah. Like, as said, they try and make up for maybe sometimes their lack of, I don't know, virtuosity, maybe could be the word, um, by putting in a show. But my God, it's worth watching, honestly. Um, that's kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've always been like emotionally connected to Coldplay and their shows and songs are obviously quite emotional. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah both shows were amazing. Glastonbury, I definitely cried during Fix You, obviously. That's just a classic, isn't it? Big but banger. it was it was amazing. When, that, when it comes in at the end, it was just... That outro, you know, phenomenal. <laughs> it did, yeah. Well, so, so was that? When did you? When did you get into Coldplay? Like, let's go back to the start of it. Can you remember like the first song you heard? Um, I would say like back in the day of when sort of you know MTV and Kerrang and things like that were were like mainstream. You know, TV, no streaming, not really YouTube, and I would have caught you know around the same era as like Clocks and maybe our first album potentially on TV a bit, but it would have been around that time. And my parents kind of, you know, enjoyed them. And, you know, I took a lot of like, just like be set, sitting with them in the front room and they'd come on. They'd be like, Oh, I like this song. I'd be like, Oh, who's this? And then figure out it's Coldplay, um, you know, and, and then for some, you know, as much as they've changed over the course of the whole time, I've still managed to uh, stick with them, which is pretty crazy. I never thought I would, but I have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say, yeah. It's just kind of through my parents, you know, and, and emotionally, like they've kind of come in at the right time in my life each time, I think, you know, and they've always, because I had that sort of connection with them and my parents and obviously you, your connection with your parents is quite special. So like it adds to that, doesn't it? When you like the same music. Of course. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where it started really. I guess yeah, my parents are the main sort of like influences mm. for it, you know? Nice. Nice. Mez, yeah. what about your history of Coldplay? Where do you kind of stand? <laughs> my, uh, <clears throat> my history with Coldplay, and it's no, uh, it's no, no well kept secret that um, I'm very much a metal man. 
I'm very much a hard rock sort of. I'm going to clear my throat a minute. Give me two seconds. <laughs> Do you want me to impersonate you? Here, the thing is, right, when I'm listening to Iron Maiden Peace of Mind, there's no go. better riff than, than Dave Murray. So I tell you, I'm, I'm not going to listen to him. I, 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 to be honest, Marv, I ain't listened to them since about a few weeks ago. And I tell you what, they're still rubbish. I ate them. Get rid of me. That that kind of what you're going to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Okay, In fact, cool. if you can overlay what you just did to be going. <laughs> I'm on it, Chief. No. My relationship <laughs> with Coldplay uh, is it, Coldplay are one of those blank spots for me. I can't pinpoint where it was like, oh, that's that sounds okay or that sounds rubbish. Um, my metal elitist background, which no longer exists, I'm very proud to say, um, it kind of separated me from a lot of that music, um, a lot of that sort of well, music of that era from noughties onwards that were that was charting and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so I mean, I was aware of the big ones like Fix You and Yellow and stuff like that, Clocks. So I, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing I found when listening was how many tunes I actually recognized and not just the big ones either. It's like, oh, that sounds like that. And to relate back to Dan, um, there was one tune. I can't remember which one. Um, I did a lot of block listening for this yeah. one. Um, there was one tune that I was like, oh, yeah, they use that to advertise that festival or that show or that football match. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was on an advert for something. And my brain immediately went, oh, like, that's from that. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it is. Wow. Do you know what um, that's what song like that is for me? Go on. Beautiful day you too for match of the day. I can Anytime see time I yeah. hear the start of beautiful day, it I can I can see the graphics, I can see the visuals, I can like yeah. feel what it was like to be like nine, ten years old. Yeah, that's cool. I, but, well, you can. That was a thousand years ago. Wow. But... Thousand and five years ago. Get it right, mate. If you're gonna, oh, right, gonna no, mock sorry. my age, all right. <laughs> you but can carry nice. on. I'll give you permission, mess. You can carry on. Oh, I don't need your permission. Well, you do um, because yeah. no, I don't need it. Um, <laughs> permission granted. Use it well. Um, yeah, so it was it was a revelation to recognize some of these tunes and be like, ah, oh, that's from that. Yeah. Um, and later on, I'm going to make a very uh, a very drawn out long shot to compare early Coldplay to early Genesis. So we'll see how that pans out. Interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Okay. But um, no, there was um, yeah, quite a few tunes. The my history. Oh, so I'm I'm ashamed to say. I think if I if I went to a Coldplay show and I heard it live, I'd be like, this is really cool. Especially drawing from your experience, Dan. If this particular event happened, I'd be like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'd throw away my personal feelings about this song. I skipped Yellow because I. A couple of years ago, I um, I was playing uh, with a singer, acoustic duo, and we used to play it all the time, and it drove me insane. Um, so Such I will get over it. I it promise. is a banger. It is a banger, but I, I understand. I understand. But I promise I will get over it. The the, uh, the the former one was Rolling in the Deep by Adele, and I've gotten over that now. So I will get over it. You just gotta give Mez's brain a bit of time to to sort of yeah. 
be tense and 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 just be like it's okay it's a song you're a professional musician get over it um i like that but yeah no i uh, yeah it was amazing to see how much i recognized it's basically what i just used a thousand words to uh try and explain but um i'm i'm I am well. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave it for later. But more of your history of Coldplay. Come on, kid. Let's Here we go. I'm going to use ten thousand words. All right, if that's only a thousand. So oh, of course you are, mate. Six <clears throat> sides. There you go. There you go. Right. When they came out with their first record in 2000, I was 11 years old. So I was just starting secondary school. I was only just starting to get a grasp of um, what music I wanted to listen to, as we discussed in like a podcast ages ago about um, music that shaped our childhood. So like Shaggy from Mez. Uh, Eiffel 65 for me, things like that. Lincoln Park. So the new metal era was like on and popping American style music. So I'm listening to Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, Papa Roach, Puddle of Mud, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Like that's my era about 10, 11 years old. And anything from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, because that was just life. Oh, yes. And getting into skating. Um, I think God Put a Smile Upon Your Face was on a skate video. So anytime I hear that song, I just think of the, the skate video it's from. Um, and I have a lot of that strong emotional response from, from music like that. Um, I knew of Yellow, sorry, Mez, but only in the sense that it was on the radio and I'd seen Chris Martin wet on the sand on the beach. So it felt like James Blunt, You're Beautiful, where the second you hear that song, all you can think of him is taking his clothes off and then jumping in the water and you're a bit like, yeah, oh, sweet. Cool, 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 yeah. Um, so it wasn't really in my world, but to kind of echo Mez, it is strange that when you kind of look back on it, you're like, they kind of have been floating in the background. I just haven't yeah. really pinpointed what it was. Um, for my GCSE music exam, I only, think, I only thought about this like five days ago. I actually did clocks with a drummer, but I hadn't listened to the whole song. So this is when I could just like, I was just like, I want to play that song. And I just hard figure it out. So it was just the main riff. And then it was just like the variation of the main riff. So there was no other structure. We just did that back and forth for about six minutes. And you got the guy just sat there like, yep, cool. Yep, cool. And then we just kind of stopped. So it's weird to think that like I did Coldplay for an exam. Um, yeah, that's strange. Just strange. Just strange. Um, I actively started listening to him about 2006, 2008. So that was when X and Y was around. And I got it in a pound shop and I did like what I heard. But again, I remember this feeling of like taking the plunge of listening to them, knowing that the opinion of Coldplay, probably all self-imposed from me, but what I imposed, what I thought other people would think is, they're rubbish, they're crap. Why are you listening to Coldplay? And again, I thought way too much about what other people thought of me. So it was like I had to do it in secret where I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I can let myself fully embrace this music because then I've sold out and my what's my music credibility and I can't let anyone know that I've listened to a Coldplay album. And that's what it felt like to me. Dan, I don't know, like as a fan, did you get any of those sort of feelings of like maybe having to hide it or did you not really, because you liked them, you didn't really have that appeal? Uh, I've, I've always been pretty like happy to tell people like i've i mean i've received abuse i still do to this day from people who uh, for instance uh my my duo partner and sweet chili mayo dom doesn't always takes the the mickey out of me for like the cold play <laughs> and you know I, I as you as you guys know when you get older it kind of dies down doesn't it it's like you it like what you want yeah. it's like gets to a point where you just do what you want isn't it without mm -hmm. and if someone does judge you then you you judge them for for being judgmental um 
yeah I definitely grew up and had like throughout college and you know going to music uni especially you know the, the amount of different people you get who like a certain type of music or this and they would they would judge you on on what you like and what you dislike you know but like yeah. you know if you think you can just also reply back to people with being like well if you think about pop music they've they've nailed it like as a band like yeah they they have a guitarist they play piano they play their instruments it's like mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know and especially going to music uni where everyone's like oh i really want to do my really niche shoegaze indie metal rock and i hate Coldplay." and it's like well look at them they work hard and they do their job all you need to do is do the same thing it doesn't have to be the same music you don't have to bitch about them supposedly you know so like exactly exactly yeah i've, I've never really faced any actual problems with it and I, i've always been proud to like them because they just write good songs yeah like as musicians doubt. you cannot doubt it you know you cannot doubt it and and if you do it's just not letting yourself open to yeah realms. i think a lot of it is it stems from naivety because the reason why I would shut anything out like that um, is because I either didn't have an understanding of it or it's like for years and even up to the last couple of years, I I couldn't stand Rush at all. And it kind of struck me as weird because so many bands that Rush influenced, I love. So I was like, why don't I like Rush? Why am I shutting myself away from this experience? And I gave them a listen. I listened to like one album and I was like, this is sick. This is great. And I think if more people did that, you, you, you gain an, an appreciation. It's like you said, Dan, like they work hard. They write great pop songs or just, let's just take the genre out of the equation. They write great songs. Yep. And they've got what many would look at as a perfect formula because like you say, there's guitar, there's bass, drums, vocals, piano, there's string sections, there's, I'd even call them soundscapes. There's a lot of um, utilization of sound, like instruments as mm-hmm. effects, yeah. rather than actual parts. And when that's used, like if I tried that, I, it would take me a while. And the, f- the first couple of examples would be terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's used so effectively. Um, and um, yeah, I, th- I think you do. I think you just shut it out because you think it's cool to be part of like an inclusive like exclusive sort of nah, 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 nah. Oh, we can't listen to that we can't listen to that there are comments i made years ago uh ripping uh, a lad two years younger than me who was like oh, I, I like the beatles and i was like oh you can't nah sure mate that's not music that's not music and i look back and i cringe because i'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um but yeah coldplay i don't know it is I think it feeds back into that sort of, oh, you don't like Coldplay, do you? It's that sort mm-hmm. of level, isn't it, that some people um, will react to. And I'm here to tell you, Dom, you leave Dan alone. You leave yeah, him Dom. alone. <laughs> yeah, you Dom. You leave him alone. Protect me. I, I think it's a, I think another interesting point of what we're saying here is that, you know, you, you, as, as you guys have sat through all the albums and I have throughout my life, you know, They've got to a point where their production's completely changed. As soon as they hit kind of Milo Exoto, even Viva the Vida sort of like tipped mm. on that, was over, going over the cliff sort of vibe. But, um, you know, their production's changed and you get so many people be like, oh, I only like the first album or second album. It's got more guitars and riffs and yep. and big drums and stuff and <laughs> whatever have you. So, and But like, if you actually take the time to 
to listen to the albums themselves in terms of like the genre. I mean, this is we're going to be discussing this, obviously, but trust me, I've got a lot of notes about that, and you're hitting the nail on the head. I think yeah. to, to try and sum up, it's it's all like Merritt said when people go, "I don't like the Beatles," and you've got nothing to bring to the table as to why you're just doing that because you want to be a part of the conversation and be a bit yeah. shocky yeah. and edgy. But you want to have an opinion. Yes, and almost like Dan said, yeah. you want to do this multi-layered genre music, but good luck working at you know a coffee shop for the rest of your life still holding on to your morals and values you know what i mean like they are out there doing the thing you want to do and mm -hmm. everybody just conjecture but you know everybody wants to be a part of a band or a, a project that a lot of people like and you can make a living from no matter what scale that is because i think at a certain point you almost don't have a say you can't be like only ten thousand people like me all right no more you know what i mean it's not like instagram where you can cap followers and stuff Oh, Instagram, mm -hmm. yeah, I know what that is, Mesh, don't worry. Oh, <laughs> You've read the manual, mate. That's what it I is. I have read the manual. That is very true. <laughs> uh, I remember Ghost Stories coming out. I remember uh, Sky Full of Stars being played incessantly on radio, and that annoyed the hell out of me. And yeah. I had the belief that they had sold out. They'd gone pop. You know, early Coldplay was better than this Coldplay but only compared to the newer Coldplay in the fact that Coldplay was still rubbish to me. And they were just the Chris Martin band, similar to the Maroon 5 thing with Adam Levine, which I will bring up later on. We'll bring this up yeah. later on. Um, last two Coldplay songs I heard a higher power in my universe. I preferred the former one rather than my universe. Um, it just had a bit more of a bouncier feel to it. And as a function band, we have avoided Coldplay for probably six years until we had to play it at someone's first dance. It was magic. And our bass player, who very proudly has <laughs> never listened to a Coldplay song the whole way through. So he said, no, even if I'm in the shop or whatever, he's never listened to one all the way through. So to learn this song on bass, he just listened to the bass only track and he still has never heard. We've tried to literally hold him at a gig once when it came on, I think Viva La Vida came on and he just squirreled out. So he, that, that's how committed he is to not liking it. And this, this again, goes back no. to the points between what Dan and me are saying, where I was yeah. like almost embarrassed and had to publicly say it. Whereas Dan just there like, well, I like them. I'm on the other side of the fence. So I don't, I don't care, but he's still in that mode of it, which is just really funny that he'd that, run that out of the funny. place. Like that's some big, I said, I thought, well, some large discipline on himself. <laughs> nice. to, I, but that, that's exactly what we're chatting about, isn't it? It's just, it is. you know, some people hate it and don't give it a chance. And, you know. Yeah, Rejecting we, a level it. of creativity because you feel like you shouldn't be listening to it is literally, to me, the dictionary definition of cutting off your nose to spite your face. I like that. I like that. Because it's... You know, yeah. I don't like this particular food. Why not? Because I don't like it. Have you tried it? No. That's where you are. And that's you're, you're what we're doing. You're denying yourself an experience. That's what you're doing. And I feel like, Dan, I feel like you're on that level with us where it's like, eh, that's fine. More for me. You know what I mean? More <laughs> for me. You you crack on. You do your thing. If I'm not going to, I'm not their PR agent. I'm not going to sit here and convince you. Just do your thing. Um, yeah, and as a consequence, mm -hmm. we sit and sing Coldplay to him in the van now until he puts his headphones in. So um, that will continue. Uh, oh, it was great. <laughs> it was great. But I, I admire the, uh, like you said, the consistency and the stubbornness. But yeah, 
what I expected going into this. So I'll do my spiel and then we'll go Mez, then we'll go down, right? I expected to be pleasantly surprised by their first three albums and then get gradually more and more disappointed and frustrated at what, what Coldplay could have become rather than chasing top 40 Yankee dollar. I'm expecting their music to get less complex and more streamlined, causing me to lose interest. And I, and then by chance of that, not remembering the songs as much and that the songs that I will remember will be the most annoying ones. So that was what I was expecting before even touching their first album. Mez, what were you expecting going into this? What was I expecting? Um, well, to be honest with you, um, factoring in the experience of Nickelback, Justin Bieber, um, Limp Bizkit, what I did know about them and what I didn't know about them came together in like like a bottleneck of euphoria in a way. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I knew it wouldn't be as bad as 15-year-old Mez would have told me it would have been. Uh, it was quite funny though, sitting and listening to it, all I could think was 15-year-old Mez would be spitting <laughs> right now. He would be spitting on me because he'd be like, what's wrong with you? Master of Puppets was released, man. Come on. Um, <laughs> But um, no, I didn't really know what to expect. I had the idea because they're um, very, uh, very present within charts and stuff. You always get that preconceived notion that it's like, oh, eventually it's going to turn into cookie cutter pop and it's going to be rubbish and you're going to get bored of it and forget everything, uh, which consequently I do not remember much of the most recent album. Um, I remember the opener that is... I, I remember some of them are named with emojis. Yeah, we've got um, emojis, we've got planets, yeah. we've got an infinite sign, but we're going to get there. We're going to get I there. Kind of, I kind of expected that, but it wasn't to the level of arrogance of I'm going to hate it at this point. It was just like, well, it'll get more sort of, you know, because as, as, as any band, as you, as, as, as you go on, especially over like 20 years, yeah. uh, 20 plus years, you're going to get to a point where you kind of go, we can kind of do what we want now. And we're going to, because we, we don't have to prove anything to anyone. We don't have to, we don't have to bank the top 10 anymore. I'm not bothered about that. My bank account's chilling. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what, let's, here's some, here's 10 tunes. You think it'll sell. Yeah. All right. We got a massive fan base. They'll buy it. Even if it's just a recording of us farting. So who cares? Let's do it. There you go. Um, which, which I would, you know, Coldplay, I wouldn't say got to the farting stage, but this is what everyday life for me did, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, Dan, sorry. obviously, you know, you can, you've heard all the music, but I guess I don't know how to form it, but like, what were you expecting? I guess researching and going through, like, what were you, what were you thinking of expecting going through like anything new or any of that stuff? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen their, their growth from, you know, from the more instrument, like more the the natural rock and sort of indie layers that they had to to where they've got to, like yeah. production wise. You know, and I, I expected to to see a big to see that big change and to feel that big change, and you can hear it and and the way their like songwriting develops, you can you can see it. And and I I, ex I well obviously I I know them all anyway, but I expected it to you know to sort of the pop influences to shine through uh, you know there's there's going to be the singles there's always going to be the singles but where it gets to that point where they've written a song that is basically solely intended to be that that chart topper to be that top hit mm. um 
and then do what they want, you know. And obviously, I won't go over my conclusion of it, but that is, I wasn't far off, I don't think, in terms of how I thought about it, what I was expecting. But then again, as you said, it's hard because I, I know it already and I kind of know what was coming. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say, ironically, your expectations are to be expected um, because. You know nice. so much more about the band, and you followed them on the on on their journey, and mm-hmm. yeah, it would it would at this point it would be like me listening to, uh, I don't know, I've re-listened to everything Black Sabbath did. I know where they're going. I know what's happening. I know the story along the way. I just may not have heard every single, I don't know, Diamond in the Rough or or every yeah. sort of filler track or stuff like that. So it's kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. Like what a nice, like a nice refresher course, almost. Mm. Yeah, is the only way I could put it. Sorry, Maz, what are you going to say? I was going to say, Dad, what did you expect us to uh, to come out with? Oh, that's a good one. Because we didn't really give you our opinions of it of no. Coldplay, did we? Until now. No, I think um, I, I just thought you guys would be pleasantly surprised. I, I think that you see again because of the general consensus, apparently, that everyone hates them and. They got really poppy and this and blah, 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 blah. But I think because of the way you guys work and how you appreciate music, I think you'd you'd be able to see their journey with a little bit more insight compared to a lot of other people. And I think you guys would end up uh, like enjoying yourselves, I think. And like, and even if some of the music isn't your taste, like the production value and the way they the way they craft their work is is really impressive. So I think you guys actually would enjoy or, or, or would have enjoyed going through it there, there'll be definitely points where i can imagine you're like right how many songs left <laughs> there's definitely going to be things like that happening but i think genuinely you guys would have enjoyed the journey see you know what that says to me mez go on he's saying that we're mature we're mature fellows that you know care about music but more importantly we care about strangers money all right. So if you want to hear us babble even longer with stupid little videos, you know, that come out quite regularly, patreon.com 50 ways podcast, right? We've got a Twitter that I never, ever use. So don't even go on there. We've got YouTube. We've got Spotify, <laughs> Apple Music. Just listen to us. Etsy, buy a shirt, buy a mug. All right. The mugs, as we've discussed, they can be used for so many things. All right. Just so many things. You can even make stuff up and just send it over and be like, look what I've done here. I planted a little bonsai tree. All right. That is good creative stuff, all right? Comes from the minds of geniuses, as Dan just said. I mean, he didn't say it, you know, directly, but I know what he's saying. He's like, you're creative geniuses. And I'm like, thank you, Dan. All right? They know you're it. blessed to be on it, all right? right we've, we've brought you on, <laughs> all right, as an expert, but we're the real experts. Mez laughs, but he laughs in the face because he knows I'm right in that right way. Uh, well, you know, I just I just said the same thing. Give us your money now. Um, spy it, really. Nice. Um, so I love your technique. He loves it. Right. I want to, should we go into what they do well first? First point of that. And yeah. who wants to kick start it off? Who wants to say the first point? I will. I'll... Ooh. Ooh. James Mez brings it to the in. table. You go hit on, the buzzer. Well, so you, need, you need a little soundboard that has noises on it. We do. That's your next, that's yeah, your like next little thing. Ear, 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 ear. Yeah, yeah. What is it like, Mez? Ear, ear. One more time. Nice, nice. That's a little in-joke there because because yeah. there's nothing better, right, than doing in-jokes to people who don't know what the in-jokes are, and that, Mez? Oh, they love it. That's so, all good. It. Mez, kick yeah. us off. What did they, what's one thing you think they do well? One thing I think they do well. 
Um, I think the hooks are mostly fantastic, uh, very earwormy, very memorable, and um, not always exactly where you expect them to go. Um, I, I wanted to say this. I think the first four albums are perfect for this. Um, I, I genuinely believe that they're just, in a way, faultless, from my opinion, from my point of view. And I agree with you. I think those I, first I four think, albums are just like stellar. Yeah, throughout. I mean, I'm speaking specifically melodies, but yes, I'm 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 inclined to agree. I think everything about them really, really works well. Uh, but the melodies, I don't know. It just sort of sometimes it catches you off kilter in a really good way. Sometimes you kind of got an expectance, but it's like what you call. Uh, 50 Ways listeners, uh, I'm sorry for this. They're like perfect cadences. They're very satisfying. You know, it's very, there's, a, there's a satisfying nature, like a like when you get home and you take your shoes off after a long day and you just sort of sit in your chair and you're just like, ah. that's kind of how I view some of them. And yet some of them are very interesting. And somehow some of them seem to retain both. Mm. They seem to be very interesting yet satisfying. And it's, yeah, melodies. I think they're great. I think they're you really good. You know how I would describe that? Go on. They're familiar yet unique. It's like yes. I can almost predict what's going to happen next. But then I'm also pleasantly surprised where I've like ended up on the melody. And it adds to that feeling. Like we were saying, like Coldplay's always in the background of my musical life. And I've not really yeah. dipped in. And then when you do dip in, you're like, I feel like I've heard this song from, from loads of places but it just feels unique to Coldplay and it is so satisfying. It's so mm. satisfying. That it's comes like from it's, the songwriting. It comes from a lot of places. Yeah. It's like it's snuck in, like um, almost like it's been hacked into your life, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> like a serum. It's, it's, a, it's a weird comparison, but it's like it's, um, it's like it, it, it's been drip fed in like a, like a, an advert that's like, um, how do I explain it? You know, you see those like films that are like um, hackers have somehow put this thing on TV and advertisement or something. Oh and yeah, like be, anonymous or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're being brainwashed without knowing it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That's it, what it feels like. It feels like. like I already know these songs. I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> do you um, think Dan? Do you think Dan's done that to us, Mas? It's Dan been brainwashed. I think Dan's for like brainwashed us for this specific episode. Uh, I've been, I've been whispering, <laughs> <laughs> been whispering Coldplay in your ears for the last six years. Well, this makes sense. This makes sense. <laughs> no, that's that's what my opinion is on it. I think the melodies are wonderful, and give me more of them. Give me more extended versions, please. Because um, yeah, satisfying. Yeah, intricate. Yeah, I've heard this somewhere before. It's like deja vu. Do you know what I mean? It, it really is. And I think to add on to your point, if we look at the singles, I think this is where it really is a great example. So whenever the singles of the albums came on, because I realized that I knew all the singles, but the main, probably first couple uh, of singles from each album, every time they came on, I'd be like, right. Oh yeah. It's this one that goes, you know, this chord, this chord, this chord, or like, okay, this is the chorus, or it's going to play like this or do like this, or the riff sounds like this. But then you'd be like, there's so many little nuances 
or little things to discover that you'd miss out because you'd usually hear the catchiest part. So usually like you'd hear the chorus or you'd hear the piano riff and you'd be like, oh, that's how the whole song go. Like with me with clocks. I was like, there's only two parts to it. But then you're like, well, no. And then what happened is, is instead of being like bored of like, okay, I've got to listen to this again, especially with headphones on, I was like, there's so much packed into this. Now I would only class this maybe if we go like halfway into their career, all the way back to the start, they were way more effective at doing this of like putting an extra melody that's a bit different under the same chords or the other way around, changing the chord by like one or two different chords, mm-hmm. like these little tiny things. And I noticed as well, like him for the weekend, which I'd say is a layer era Coldplay song. I always thought the progression was just root six and seven. So that's the chords that are the Iron Maiden chords will call them. Right. Um, and I thought it was played very, very stock, like on the piano, but actually it's not. There are just little tiny nuances that don't get too like nerdy where when you listen to my headphones again and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually a bit more intricate than I thought. And it ropes you in because all I was thinking was the second I put that song on, okay, it's the one where he just says hi, hi, hi. And then Beyonce's on it. Okay. It's kind of throwaway or kind of nothing, but it's really, really not. So like, I was really surprised, especially to hear that and later on their career. And I think their singles really show you what I've just said and what you've just said of like, oh, there's way more to them. Like actually listen to the song rather than just you're going around a shop and then trouble comes on. You're like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Dan, would you agree? Any thoughts with that? I Well, my thought was like a perf- perfect mix between you both. You know, like you're saying that they have such wonderful me- melodies and they like figure it out and they, it, it, they're always catchy. They always get you. And I feel like you know, you can look at Coldplay over the course of their, their, their albums. And you can say that they've got, they've, they've found the perfect paintbrush, which is the melody. Yeah, They just change the canvas every time. That's, that's, that's essentially what's happening every time they're writing an album. It's just, they're, they're bringing out a new canvas to explore with, but they're also focused on making sure that the base level, the canvas is right. Instrumentation and changing stuff. Like even like I said, little subtle things like that made me think of uh, the second to last chord in Coldplay when it uh, in Yellow, sorry, when it quiets down. It's like yeah. I'm pretty sure it goes from major to minor, um, and it's just like it means that fall down to the root, down to the the E major. It's just like, ooh, okay. It, it gives you that sort of like elevation in that mood, and that subtle little change can can really make a difference to how someone feels when they listen to that music and that's what they're they're really good at bringing in those sneaky little elements but then being able to craft like a perfect melody that stays in your head so that sort of mixture just is what's kind of you know brought them to where they are now i think perfect perfectly said exactly and the fact that yellow uh i tried to watch the documentary but i think you have to pay for it or something like that, and i'm a cheapskate um they were like recording the album. I think he just walked out and was looking at the stars and he literally said the first line and that song came really, really quickly. So the fact that that little detail of like one chord, which changes this whole emotion to this song could have easily just been taken out. Cause we know what it's like when you write a song very quickly, you're just like verse chorus. Okay. That's cool. Let's just get that down. Cool. That sounds all right. But like, that little thing, whether that was just a conscious thing, whether that was a suggestion thrown out, whether it was after mm-hmm. one listen, like great. And it just goes to show you don't need to for a million things at a song. It's just one chord. And I agree that their their first 15 years of singles, they were really, really good at that and focused on that. 
So I'd say that's their Definitely. like uh, special mm-hmm. weapon in their little arsenal. Uh, yeah. Shall I go on? Go on, Dan. Go on, Dan. No, no, no. You go. You go. I was just going to say, I was going to say one thing bad, one thing they don't do well to counteract. Do you want to get into that? Or is there anything else you want to add before we move on? Think I've covered, cover why, <laughs> you know? Oh, well, maybe the other thing is, yeah, production in general. But I mean, that kind of comes with money, comes with record labels, comes with development, doesn't it? And, but, you know, you can definitely tell that they've, they've worked on their production, like values and, and how they want to portray themselves over the years. And as, yeah. as some of it has definitely changed the more electronic sort of era as, as, as time has gone on there. But one thing they do well is, is matching what's happening at the moment and still being culturally relevant as they've gone along in their career. You know, that's a thousand, thousand like, percent, you know, yeah. even like Milo Exoto 2011. So, you know, you think about sort of pop music at the time during then it's like, they're bringing out uh, uh, every teardrop at that point where there's a drop. And, you know, mm. during that sort of early two thousands, it was a lot of the EDM sort of stuff, wasn't it? That was coming out and they kind of timed that and it was controversial. And maybe that was one of the first things that, as you said about the first four albums doing that, it, they, they then went to something more electronic and a bit heavier in that sort of light and, and actually like putting that forward in the music rather than keeping that behind as a texture. They actually now focused on that, but you know, they knew that that would do a, you know, that would be popular and they knew that would work and, but they still did it in their own way. And and that was just really clever. And that's again, kept them relevant for the last, how long they've been together now, 23 years, 24 years. You know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. Again, again, Paradise. What a perfect example. I thought I knew Love how that, that song went, but you listen to the end of it and it starts changing. And you're like, for a band that are chasing a current trend, yet still staying themselves, which they're really good at, um, and then to still take risks within a single, because I would I would say that's a risk, like trying to change the vibe and emotion of it so yeah. late on when really it's just like, do the chorus, do the chorus again, nice abrupt end, radio. Do you know what I mean? Like to have that experimentation so people are still listening, amazing. So Paradise went up in my books, even though I remember it coming out with the music video with him on the uh, unicycle as the elephant. And I was just like, I've heard this chorus a million times. I'm so bored of it. And again, thinking it's just a simple four chord pop song, which it is in certain bits. But again, you got to listen to it all the way through. You do. Mez, you do. Go I've got to. Yeah. Sorry, go on, man. Right. I want to hear what you got to say, Calvin. Let's go. Yeah, he's the master. He's the master. Oh, well, no, well, you know, it, it's quite interesting, especially as you mentioned Paradise, you know, I, I mean, we're going to come to our top, top songs, you know, mm. in this podcast, but uh, Paradise has always been, you know, as I said, I've always been emotionally connected, connected to Coldplay and, and Paradise was always one that uh, it, it came to me at a certain time in my life where, I was around other people who enjoyed Coldplay. And I, it's when I first came to uni, actually, mm. um, this song Paradise came out. And um, it was actually my, someone who lived, who I was friends with in the same block of flats, um, had a bit of a tragedy with her family. And that song meant a lot to her when it came out and it was, it hit her like emotionally. And from, since then it's, it's really like, it hits home. Like, I couldn't listen to the song for about two years after, after this, wow. what happened. Um, but now I can listen to it and now I can enjoy it. And, and I get that sense of emotion from it. I just, I just thought I'd tell that whilst you mentioned paradise. Of, but that's, it's, that's it, great. That's great. You know, and it's like just it, a cool emotional connection. Yeah. And it, it, um, it extends the shelf life of the song 
And it, it goes from something that sounds nice that you get bored of to then the emotional attachment. But then it's so cool when you get, when you, you can change the emotional attachment to something more positive, which I guess is kind of a metaphor for when they change emotions through their chords. I mean, I don't want to sound a bit yeah, too dippy, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's great when songs can do that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mez, you're going to say something. You look like stone cold today. I must say. I am stone cold. He's coming back. Three sixteen. <laughs> Where's the um, beer? Oh, I need a beer. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Yes. So uh, back to the whole uh, staying relevant, but um, still retaining your own originality. That is a real uh, green light in my book. That's really cool because so many bands try, and so many bands fail at doing that. Um, you know, it's. It's a, I mean, it's a very sort of two-sided argument that anyway, isn't it? But mm-hmm. the fact that they managed to incorporate like things like we were talking about, like the drops and that, and it still sounded like them, and it still sounded fresh and Coldplay, and people still wanted to hear it. That you, you, you got to respect it. You can't help but not because as musicians, we can we can openly say like in our original projects right now in the future 10 years ago whenever <clears throat> i don't think any of us have ever been trying to do the ilk of sort of oh let's listen to the top 40 and let's see what's going on okay well let's try let's try and do something like this because we're all in function bands because we've been in function bands for years and playing like the top 40 or whatever you you get not yeah or right, i'll say it you get sick of hearing it and you get to a point where you think okay this music's fine but it's not what I'd write, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not its not an arrogance thing. It's just, uh, I'm not sure Fair I'd differences. gain... Yeah, exactly that. I'm not sure I'd gain the uh, the personal enjoyment, the personal gratitude out of writing a four or five chord pop song. Um, so the fact that, yeah, I, I know that they've been around for a while and experimentation and stuff has is, been going on for years, but... The fact that they managed to do that, still retain their own identity creatively. Oh, it's just, it's, that's amazing. That, for me, takes a band from me liking it to like, geez, like, I'm almost in awe of you guys because you yeah. managed to do that successfully. Um, not many bands manage it. Not and many bands tough, do, I was about to say that. Yeah, it's a tough cookie to crack because it obviously is. once you tend to find the formula with a lot of bands... Um, they tend to stick to it, and that's fine because a lot of the time that's what the fans want. Um, and you want to please your fans, you want to please the public, but obviously experimenting, it's not just about um, gaining a whole new audience. It's also about how can I grow as a musician, as a songwriter? How can I utilize this tool and put it in my skill set and make make some sort of good use out of it rather than just um, here's a one, five, six, four chord progression here's a standard major melody yeah let's check that out and see what happens you know it makes all the difference in my in my view not that there's anything wrong with one five six four chord progressions or major melodies no one send me death threats please i i am already falling over the post in the front <laughs> room all right I but, like um, shall i yeah, throw just... shall i throw a spanner into the works of what they don't do well <laughs> go on go on even though they've kept up with what's relevant, they eventually lost themselves along the way. 
Now that is the statement yeah. I want to go yeah, with. So I agree. I'm going to say they eventually lost themselves along the way with Music of the Spheres, which is their latest album. And I only felt that because I remember putting after that statement, I put assumption at the minute because I'd only got up to, um, is it him for the weekend? No, whatever that one's called. That was off. Because uh, there's a title track, isn't it? there? There's a, there's a title track that has the same thing as that. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. Hang on, Which I got it on my thinking? notes right here. Hang on. So He's I had got got, through the Bible now. Yeah, a head full of dreams. I was only up to that okay. when I wrote that statement. So I still had everyday life in music of the spheres. Um, can I say spheres? Yes, I can say spheres. Spheres. There you go, spheres. Man, I have a DSM like, like for like condition. Like it's S F. Or I Isn't going to help. There, Ain't going to help me. Ain't going to help me. Yeah, fair um, enough. So let's have a look where I can find this. So I think it might have been a wise choice for them to stray away from what sound they had arrived on at X and Y. I think if they would have stayed in that stadium rock, they would have ended up, to me, like The Killers. So to me, I had... The Killers, great band. Um, I felt like they didn't get... They needed that like number one mega hit around mm-hmm. Sam's Town, which I think they didn't get in the UK. And then they they just kind of went into very bland dad rock. And now they're kind of getting into like their... eight. They've gone through like an 80s period... And apparently the latest record was actually quite good. Um, but they definitely fall into the trap of just that kind of arena rock, Bruce Springsteen that they couldn't really get out of. Coldplay would have been in that same boat. So I'm happy that they have experimented. Um, but we can argue the case. So I think there's one song which explains this. So the first half of the song, Army of One, that could definitely live on an album like X and Y. And it proves that they're still the same Coldplay nearly a decade apart. And this is what I like about their albums, that definitely surprised me going into their pop period or their pop era because they're definitely a band that i think you can go i like i want to hear early coldplay i want to hear pop coldplay i want to hear everyday life coldplay you kind of can separate them like the beatles or zeppelin these kind of big bands that expand a lot um i thought that with milo Zilotto, that was just going to be all pop actually no with viva la vida i was like right that's all pop because I heard the single. I was like, they've completely changed their sound, but that so far from the truth, they still mm-hmm. sound like the same band that they did around X and Y. I use that as a barometer because the first two kind of live on their own. And then you get the elements, the core elements that bring over, but really there's so much as a band, they play as a band, you know, probably up until music of the spheres. Um, but with Army of One, that shows that it has a kind of like a traditional band setup. Second half kind of cancels after the first part because it's like a song that's kind of split into two. Uh, Mez, can you remember the song Army of One? It kind of goes into like a, a hip hop kind of drum beat and Chris Martin kind of pseudo rapping on it. It's like a really drastic change. Oh, I think I do remember it. Um, yeah. In actual fact, I, I wanted to bring this up earlier. But I think it was almost, the, I can't remember what the tune is. So off of one of the first four albums, one of, I think it's one of the, off one of the first two, actually. Yeah. Might be, might be Politic, something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on and all of a sudden it completely changes and there's an acoustic guitar and it doesn't change key as such, but it's, it just completely changes vibe, but it works so incredibly well. I think they were trying to echo back to that in terms of doing something completely differently, but <clears throat> still trying to make it sort of work. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I see what you mean. So it was like what they did yeah. on politic was what was, was relevant. Yeah. Okay. So 
let's rephrase it to like what they were doing in, I think that's off the first album. Let's just say politics. Let's say no, first politics. Two. Politics second. Okay, yeah. so whatever was relevant on the second album, which was definitely indie rock um, of that ilk, you know, Arctic Monkeys and all these things, or any of the kind of uh, more heart on sleeve acoustic singer songwriter stuff. Um, Travis a, was at the time. So Travis, yeah, you had like Elliot Smith, which is like a, about a couple of years prior, but like he was getting kind of kind of get a resurgence of it. Um, they were doing what was relevant then. And adopting it to Coldplay, you could say with Army of One, they're doing what's relevant now and making Coldplay. To me, yeah. that was like the only song that really went, oh, wow, this does not sound like Coldplay. It was way too much. Even though there's like nothing, there's like a drum machine and not a lot going on, at least with all the other stuff that you could class as pop, it sounded like Coldplay pop rather than Coldplay trying to do something really, really current. Now, I'm going to yeah. say that Chris Martin shouldn't go even really go near rapping. They really shouldn't incorporate hip-hop and rap in that way i think maybe incorporate rhythms or incorporate other stuff but maybe don't go so on the nose where it almost sounds like you know it could be a drake song um and i'll keep going because i do have a little bit more thoughts but um it's very there aren't like we said there aren't many bands that expanded as much as they have and kept consistent with their winning streak like especially commercially and with retaining their sound um People of the Pride is a prime example of Coldplay losing themselves in their own music. So this is off of Music of the Spheres. Um, it's a stock guitar blues riff that would sound perfect on like El Camino era black keys. And it's very, very stock. It's the open E, it's the G note. So think of all of the blues music or essentially get a novice intermediate guitar player to go, can you just come up with a blues riff? They'll probably pick the low E note and probably go do 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 something like that. One three five on. What will they do? They go do 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 do. One more time. They go. I never meant to cut. There you go. So Dan loves the in jokes because he doesn't know what it is. Um, yeah. So to me, that was also an example of just they're not a guitar riff band. Really, they have riffs, but the riffs are textural. Adventure of a Lifetime, probably their best guitar riff ever and that's in their pop cool. period if you want to call it that um also quite tricky to play i used to teach that quite a lot and it is tricky to play um but yes to me that was a good example of or a bad example of them losing their relevancy so i would say really there were little bits that kind of picked and kind of not went off the deep end but like army of one and definitely people of the pride um those are good ex- bad examples i'm gonna get there right they're bad examples of Coldplay losing their relevancy. And I think with Music of the Spheres as a whole, because I feel that album was very inconsistent and patchy, and there wasn't actually a lot of, dare I say it, songs that were there. Um, To me, it's very interesting, especially after Everyday Life. Now, Everyday Life, beautiful. Like, such a good reset button. It had so many different genres on it that they've never even touched before. And I was actually excited to hear Music of the Spheres and then got very disappointed, which I hadn't experienced up to that point. So, Dan, what are your thoughts on kind of though maybe those two songs in particular and maybe of the fact of, do you think this is now going to be where Coldplay are going to start becoming irrelevant and doing music that doesn't sound like Coldplay pop? It sounds like Coldplay doing pop. Ooh, strong. I've gone in uh, there. I've gone in. You have 
gone in there. The songs, the songs you mentioned don't come straight to my head, so I might have to skip that part. No worries. Um, but in terms of actually, in terms of the way they kind of are, are, which way they're going, you know, they, I mean, before they even released this album, as you, as we mentioned earlier, they've announced they're going to stop making music. So they know they're going to stop trying to be culturally relevant at the time. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but yeah, I, in terms of uh, what you said that I agree, everyday life I thought was amazing. I thought it, it, it was a reset button. You know, they, 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 were, they went from Milo being, extreme production to then ghost stories where they did try and like bring it back a little bit yeah um yeah i, I wouldn't say it's like fully i mean obviously you still got a sky full of stars but it wasn't so it, it all the, the the electronics in it and all the the textures all felt a bit softer compared to where they were leading up to indeed um and then yeah everyday life i thought was was an awesome album different concept and and uh brought a lot but in terms of where they're going to go and music, the spheres that definitely the newest album felt like a, a, a last minute sort of save on themselves, you know, getting, is it BTS? That's their name. Yeah. you got BTS, you've got Selena Gomez and you've got Jacob Collier. I think of the main. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does back in vocals. Yes. Yeah, one of the yeah. songs, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Getting, getting artists that are relevant to come in and, and do obviously they had Beyonce before and and things like that, but they still managed to create their own, you know, feel to the pop music as such. But it, it does it does generally feel music with fears that it is a little bit trying a bit too hard, and maybe I feel like they might end up going back into the more like let's do what we want for the last few years of our career. That's actually mm. let's write some music that if no one else likes, then fair enough. I feel like they might they they might go on that direction. I don't think they're going to try and stay as relevant as they have done mm. as they grow. I feel, feel like it's, but you never know. Again, you look back on the albums and you just don't expect what's coming next, really. And you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it, as you've discovered, Marv. You didn't know what to expect from everyday life or from music of the spheres. And they mm. both come out a bit different to what you you believe, you know. So it's quite hard to, to think about, predict what they're going to do. But I, I feel like they're going to, they're going to bring something out that's definitely more everyday life vibe than music of the spheres vibe from now in terms of development. I think that's what's coming next. I would really, really hope so. And again, that is yeah. a strong point that every album lives on its own. Um, the first two do meld slightly, but like they're yeah. a new band in their early twenties who are just automatically very popular and what do you do when you've met, done, you found a formula and a product that works, you probably do want to repeat it for a little bit because like we've mm-hmm. said, and like everyone, if you're a musician, you know, you go straight out on tour, you tour for 18 months, and then you've got to try and write and record a follow-up. And especially if your Intense. debut album is very, very good, you're probably just going to want to do that formula and then have another, you know, the album to figure it out, which they did. Mez, thoughts on the uh, Coldplay kind of now tipping into irrelevancy with their latest album. So first of all, I'd like to start off and say, don't you dare criticise anything about those first two albums. They are wonderful. Didn't criticise. I just said that hey, they, hey, I just said I, that they are very tonally melding. similar. They're very <laughs> tonally similar. Melding and, ooh, you've got to agree. You've got to agree they're similar. If the formula's perfection, I want more of it. It's welcome and I'm here for it. <laughs> So what I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, much like I mentioned earlier, much like we all sort of agreed earlier on, the um, 
they are at a point where their notoriety is enormous. Everyone knows who Coldplay is, and they have done for some quite some time now. Um, given that, like you just said, they they sort of released those albums and shot off into the stratosphere. Um, that was not a play on music of the spheres or anything like that. But I, I liked like it. I liked it. Um, That's why you're the co-host. <laughs> co-host i am the host of this bloody show mate um yeah so i mean i i think yeah i think they're at the point where they're kind of just like they don't have to prove anything they're not worried but also i mean i can't speak for everyone because i am one person if i was at that point i'd still want to be producing music that had some level of credibility and it's not just paying for my next sports card you know what i mean um not everyone's the same as me and to be honest with you until I am that rich and famous. I can't credi- credibly comment on that without a decision making in the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 this is past mess. Talking to future mess. Tell us your thoughts. Come and have a coffee. I like that. Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, I suppose so. They kind of just got to that point. And I also think it's a bit of a genius move getting other artists that are new and fresh and relevant. Because not only do you obviously expand your horizons working with different people, yeah, they've worked with Beyonce, um, but now they've got like BTS and Jacob. Co- do you say Jacob Collier as well? Yeah, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a uh, not a spoken word on about. It's almost like an acapella song. Yeah, yeah, that has the oh, image and heap it. layering. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's nice, but it didn't feel like a song to me. The thing is, when you get someone like Jacob Collier. Um, Full disclosure, I don't listen to Jacob Collier, but I am fully aware of the musical insanity that that individual is at. Um, So, I mean, that is genius in itself because the song's going to write itself, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Um, But yeah, so doing stuff like that, I feel if I were going to be really, really critical about that, it's almost like uh, we don't want to write an album on our own. You've heard enough from just us um and we can't be bothered so we'll get other people in but i think it's genius not only is it genius in terms of marketing but it's going to be fresh no matter who you get because you've not worked with these people before you know it's going to be fresh it's going to be different doesn't True. always work out like that doesn't yeah always work out. i tell you what mez but, you've 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 come up with a good uh counter argument there which i've never thought of that Again, I personally think that Cole, it, it's like there's certain bands that I don't want to hear covers from because I feel like they shouldn't do covers. I feel that, yeah. Um, whereas Coldplay, I think for me, are a band that shouldn't have guest artists on their songs. I always prefer the ones that are just them. But like you've just said, and I think this is actually a good counter argument, um, this seems to be the most that they've ever collaborated with other people and dipped into... What like like what Dan was saying with uh, Chris Martin, like you can tell he wants to go solo, and there's all these other yeah. things he's doing um, that they've never done that before. So like, what would this meld be? They've never done that. They've taken a risk that they do with every single album. They take a risk, um, mm-hmm. even if it's in a you could argue it's in a safe pop way, but it's really not because it's Coldplay pop. It's not pop. It's not Coldplay doing pop. Can I say pop even more? Yeah, pop. Um, pop, 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 so pop, pop, pop. it might have been a, a misdirection, but at least they took another risk and mm-hmm. okay, it didn't hit the mark entirely. 
and to have your latest album in your 22 year career maybe not be as good you know for a casual listener like Mez and I and like Dan being an avid Coldplay fan being like it was good but like you know I can see that it doesn't equal up to their latest works like that's still very admirable so I think that's a good way to put it Mez like yeah, still getting used to collaborating with people on tracks. Absolutely. And I mean, I feel like some bands kind of go the other way entirely. Um, mm. It's no secret, Dan, you may know, you may not know. It's no secret that I am not a fan of the latest Iron Maiden album. Um, it is bloated. It, they're not throwbacks so much as rip-offs at this point. Um there's even um, there's even a tune that rips off a chord progression from from like a, a, an eighties like rat or poison tune. It's like it's it's yeah it's really weird how I don't I don't know if they've oh. intentionally done that, but um, it's really bloated. It's really long. It's like an hour and a half, an hour forty five minutes, and it's one. That is yeah, long. So so much so much content, and it's exactly the same as what we've heard for the last 20 years however if iron maiden had gone i'll tell you what lads we've been doing this for a while and everyone's enjoying it why don't we just do something completely out of the ordinary and just collaborate with a load of artists this is why whenever someone's like oh bloody hell metallica and lou reed i'm like hold your horses yeah okay fair enough but would you prefer another metallica album that sounds like Death Magnetic or St. Anger, or would you prefer they try something new? You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, okay, not everybody loves that album, and I'll, I'll respect opinions on that. I don't listen to it regularly myself. But when you look at so, some of these giants that are at that level of cold, it's weird to compare Coldplay and Iron Maiden, but in terms of fan base, they're enormous. Yeah. Um, would you prefer that they carried on and they gave you grudging, overbloated, boring stuff that you've been hearing for 10, 15, 20 years plus, or as much as it may not satisfy as you want it to, would you prefer that they went, okay, well, let's try something completely new. Let's get in some artists. Let's co-write. Let's see what happens. Um, I think I'd prefer the latter to be, especially if I was in that position, you know what I mean? Um, obviously there's, a very big difference in what I'm trying to compare, um, which is going to lead on to my next question to you, Mr. Camden. Interesting. The I, reason... I have a point to continue with that as well, but I'll answer the question. <laughs> I've got about 48 points I want to interject oh, everybody Jesus with, Christ. but I need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say was, so the reason why uh, Iron Maiden have not changed what they've done at all is because the fans have done the consistent same thing. They've gone out and they bought it on every platform, and the reviews have been stumblingly good, even for this recent one, which I'm sorry, objectively, it is bad. It is not good. It's not badly played, badly performed. It's just boring. Very quickly, what would 15-year-old Mez say about that, the new album, though? Uh, probably the same thing as me, actually. Really? In all fairness. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's just such a drudge. Um, bad. What was I saying? Yeah, so... They've all gone out, they've all bought it, and they've all gone, oh my God, thank you, thank you so much for this amazing, this amazing thing. What, if you, if you know, what do Coldplay's fans as a community generally think about their more modern stuff? Do they get a generally positive response, a negative response? Is it neutral? 
Like, do you, do you know? Do you have an answer for me on that, or Marv? But I prefer Cameron. Well, I like all I was going to say was, what would you class as modern Coldplay? Where where's where's the cut? Where's the line in the middle, Mez? Well, I, if, I, if we. I, mm. That's a good well, point. Actually, actually, to Dan, like, because you could yeah, say yeah. you could say Milo is the start of their pop period. <laughs> let's let's load him full of questions until his brain explodes. I like that. I like that. All right, I'll, I'll, I've got three things. Then I'll answer with three things. So okay. Um, <laughs> so in terms of where they change, it's definitely Milo Exoto. That's definitely where it. Like Viva La Vida felt like a natural progression into something a little bit bigger, a little bit different, but not too like oh my god, it's a different genre of music sort of vibe. Yeah. I think that's that's where that change has happened. Um, in terms of like Coldplay fans, I think I, I think you could easily. I mean, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on this. I mean, it's just from what I've seen over the years. But Coldplay fans went from being hardcore, loved the first four albums. They had such a unique style of of writing of music. But as soon as they started writing the poppier hits, it, it didn't feel like there was a specific type of Coldplay fan. It felt like it because they opened themselves to the world, there wasn't like a community of it. You know, Mm -hmm. like you think Iron Maiden, you think metal, you think metal is a community. Um, And this is where I was going to lead on to the the third kind of point that I was going to mention is Muse, for instance. Like I was talking to Alex actually um, before about Muse. Um, They just released a new single and it's the same lyrics, the same theme, it's the same this, but Muse have always been a band that have had a really strong fan base. And like, you're not going to get people who like, Nicki Minaj who like Muse but you're going to get someone who likes Nicki Minaj and likes Coldplay you're going to get things like that it's a, it's a because they've opened up and generalized what they do that's their thing but like Muse of that if you like Muse you like them again same as the uh, Fisherman's Friend same as all the things we've discovered Marmite <laughs> yeah they are a similar sort of act really and and yeah. all people want from them their community because they're so loyal and, and because they write such specific music all they they want from them is to to hear their heavy stuff and to hear their first two three albums but like Coldplay has just got to a point where they can kind of do what they want and no one's their their fan base aren't going to question them because there's probably not enough of them from from the first three or four albums there's people who are still going to enjoy their music but they're going to get to that point where they just appreciate that they're still around I think and I don't think there's any specific like community of Coldplay fans I think it's just spread so far in the world that there's no one person that you'd be like I'm a Coldplay fan I hate everything else I think they're very much like it's just a pop thing now isn't it I think that makes sense that's, that's how it feels to me that does make sense and uh for it to be less of a community and more of like a how would you explain it like not a shared consciousness but that on that kind of level of that there are no diehard fans going play something Play something from Parachutes. Play something from the first EP. You're never going to get that. You're always just going to get, like you said, people who are just kind of like, sweet, I got to see Coldplay last night. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely going to be still people who are like that. Of course, because, yeah. Of course. You know, like, again, we talked to other musicians who, who rate the, the first however, however many albums. But yeah. I, I feel like it's just, you know, going from like 80 to 20, what it was, to it's now to like 70 to 30, I'd say. 70 is just kind of pop fans. 30 is the the diehard fans who want to hear like the, you know, B-side from Parachutes or something, you know, it's the, it, yeah. you're, you're going to get that at a smaller level now than you would before. But I like that, that they've got to that point because um, I've done this with bands. Like when I got in, I'd say 
between 18 and 21 or 17 and 21. So I was, I was working as a janitor at a school and that's when my, a lot of my musical growth really happened in terms of like listening to albums and getting all the albums by a band and just going for it, gung ho, like obsessiveness. So like bands like Blink-182, okay, not musically expansive range wise, but you listen to their first two records and you're like, oh wow, this is like really, really pop punk. That's really strange. First three Chili Peppers albums, completely different band. I love that. I love doing that. And you're like, oh, wow, like it'd be mad to think, you know, you can go to buy the way by the Chili Peppers and be like, that's pop. What sellouts? Completely different bands, not even the same band. And that's coming from a diehard fan. Fair enough. But Coldplay, I guess, have that similarity. You're going to have people who get into them now because they're in their pop sphere. Um, no pun intended. And they're going to go back and go, what are their first albums like? You know, no one's, that music isn't popular anymore. Kind of acoustic led pop rock um, of the early noughties. Like, like I said, Travis, like that's just not in favor. And people are like, wow, they sound completely different. They're going to find that. And like I said, they're going to be like an era's band where, you know, right now I think I like early era Beatles. That's what, I, that's what I'm yearning yeah. to hear. Zeppelin, yeah. I'm probably going to want to listen to like Led Zeppelin 3. I think Coldplay fall into that. And that's what's mm-hmm. great about the fact that they've kept up, have become re- they're relevant with the times, uh, maybe up until now, they could be proven wrong, um, and can have these, like you said, these cross-sector of fans. Now, I would say another good thing, with everyday life, another good thing that Coldplay have done is they've never gone back to their roots and done a back to their roots album, which to me is always kind of a deaf nil where it's like, we've gone back to their roots. What we've done is we've listened to our first albums. And we've really found out what works, aka our latest stuff didn't make any money. So what we're going to do is we're going to rip off our old songs. <clears throat> Coldplay have never done that. Now, everyday life. Uh, muse. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yes, indeed, Dan. Well done. Um, so what I like about everyday life is it's like Coldplay um, have gone back to the instruments of their back to their roots or their early stuff but it is what Coldplay sound like now, which I think if you look at those early fans that are like, they've changed, they've gone pop. Selena Gomez, like, oh, I'm going to throw up, like stuff like that. They'll like everyday life because they're like, oh, acoustic guitar. Oh, oh, he's done a swear word there. Oh, that's, that's a real drum that is. Oh, look, there's just like imperfections and everything. It's almost like the best example I've heard of a band doing that, going like, Here's, here's something of like old, but actually it's not really old. All we've done is we've just taken out some of the soundscapes and then it makes you, you know, the people who go, oh, actually, they're actually all right. They're going to go back and listen to the pop era stuff and go, oh, there's way more rock stuff in here. There's way more instrumentation here, which is going to lead me on to a good point. How good is the guitar work? How brilliant and how important is the guitar work to Coldplay? Incredible. Is that a statement or is that just what? I mean, question? it was almost like a, um, I can't think of the word because that's really good. I was saying it that to then find my notes as a placeholder. Let's have a look. Yeah. The it, guitar, was, it was a segue. I think you're segue. The guitar parts are always the right guitar parts. They always complement the song. They're exactly what is needed. Uh, the use of effects provides a great, companion to the synth beds the pianos and the organs clearly the guitar player is someone who listens for what is not there and begins to find the part needed now again this goes back to Coldplay should be listened to on headphones i really truly believe that speed of sound again 
I always I listened to that and was like, well, I, I know what the song is because I've heard the chorus, I've heard that. But what I didn't actually notice was the guitar part doubles the piano riff, and you can only really feel like the weight of the guitar. You can't really hear the notes bar like maybe one or two at the end. But like if that wasn't there, that riff would get really dull really, really quickly. And I'd never known that because again, I probably heard it in supermarkets or on PA speakers or just blaring out of a phone or something. But it's only until I got headphones, I'm like, that's so, such maybe an obvious thing. Um, or he could have easily just gone, you know what? I don't want to do that because that will clutter it up. So what I'll do is I'll play chords or I'll think of a single note riff. I'll play just one note. The fact that he was, again, don't know if it's his decision, but I'm just going to assume it is because it sounds cool. The fact to then copy that riff and give it that weight, much how like a drummer is meant to work around the riff and complement it. What a great example. Like, did you even notice that, Mez, that the guitar plays the same riff? No. 